Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 18 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I have with me Joel Shagrin from Embraced Film Project. Joel is a veteran photographer, director, and producer who served the advertising industry for nearly 30 years. In 2015, he started directing and producing films. His first film was Cracked Ice, which ran on the Hulu network. Cracked Ice was on the history of racing cars on frozen lakes in Minnesota. He is also the co-founder of a nonprofit called Hope and Rescue Foundation, a nonprofit addressing human trafficking and the insidious issues surrounding it. FASD and mental health is one of the driving issues behind this nonprofit. Joel is married. He and his wife, Kim, have two children. Their son, Sam, now 18, was diagnosed with an FASD three and a half years ago. Joel is currently working on a documentary called Embraced, the truth about fetal alcohol spectrum disorders, to sound the alarm concerning the dangers of drinking during pregnancy. Their website is embracedmovement.org. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Ephesians 3 verses 20 and 21. So thank you for joining us today on FASD Hope. I have the honor of speaking with Joel Shagrin, who our stories are and our journeys are so similar that um, I affectionately say he is on the fast pass. And I just so strongly felt the conviction that he needed to be on our show now and he needed to share his journey and his work now because I find it so vitally important. Um, Last month, we interviewed Christina Uban and Justin Shepard from the FASD Project, and they are filming a a film about FASD. Joel is also filming an equally important film about FASD titled Embraced, the Truth About Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorders. I asked Joel to be on FASD Hope to share his journey to share his inspiration and uh, the progress and what's happening with the Embraced Project. So Joel Shagrin, welcome to FASD Hope. Thanks for having me. And Joel, um, let's start off with your, your personal journey, whatever you'd like to share, because I've often found that our guests' personal journeys tie into the work and, and the ministry and the missions that they're doing in the FASD community. Yeah, it's uh, all, there's so many of us that adopt and those stories are really phenomenal and they're part of our, our God faith journey in this process. And, you know, ours isn't any different. Um, The unique part about it is I had a dream and I thought the dream was two parts to my business. And in the dream, 
my wife and I were handed a blanket and the blanket was a little boy and he had life and we got him around friends and family. He was starting to play um, and grow and a little girl soon joined him. And as they were growing, they were involved in a Maypole Shakespeare festival activity. And then towards the end of the dream, we were back in a building and we ended up having to take them outside because they were starting to grow exponentially. And they were drawing a tremendous amount of attention to God. And so it was cool. I wrote it down, thought it was two parts to the business, selfishly, I suppose. And fast forward six months and we were at a conference and the evening started with the MC asking is there anybody here for that wants prayer for infertility? Go ahead and stand up. And when my wife and I sat back down, we had been married a few years, plenty of passion, no reason not to have children, and we weren't seeking adoption. And the lady we had met just a few minutes earlier tapped us on the shoulder and said, would you like to adopt? And I <laughs> blurted out, yes. And as I blurted out, yes, I remembered the dream. I was like, oh my goodness, what have we just done? And a week later, we met the birth mother. Uh, it's her birthday today, actually. We have an open relationship with her. Um, she just needs a tremendous amount of support herself. Um, and two years later, my wife's on the phone with her, and I'm hearing in the background enough information. So I can take the girl, take the girl. And sure enough, she was pregnant and we were in the delivery room uh, with her. And so we brought Sam, our son, Sam home from the hospital. And that was less than three months uh, from the ask. It was like two and a half months. And all the legal paperwork was in place. So it was like, oh my goodness, we've, this dream is real. And then they were in a, uh, a private school where they celebrated Shakespeare. We didn't know this at the time. And they had that Maypole festival activity where they dance with ribbons and costumes and wow. uh, both were involved in that. And so, you know, fast forward 14 years, uh, we just could not figure out Sam's behaviors in the midst of all of this. Um, our daughter was fine. Sam's incredibly smart and funny and athletic and social. And so it was 14 and a half years later before the answer to his behaviors really fell in place. Um, so that said, there's still another part to the dream. <laughs> uh, and what that looks like, I'm done interpreting it. So <laughs> it uh, <laughs> So uh, God can do all sorts of things. Is it a is it a miraculous healing? Is it He overcomes this issue? I'm open to any of the above. So yeah, Amen. Like I said, when Joel reached out to me and, and shared some of this, I just felt it was so crucial to get this out there because we have so many listeners on their journeys that they just don't know where to turn. They don't know. They think they're alone. And, you know, we, Joel, myself, our other guests, we want to share that you're not alone. Pretty much the global health crisis, you know, in addition to COVID and, and the others is, is FASD, you know, and it's such a hidden crisis that people don't know about. Again, I'm so thankful that you're doing this for the FASD community. And I'm so 
amazed by your journey and how similar it is to ours. Even though our daughter is 13 years younger than your daughter, we, we have very similar, our families have a similar makeup. And um, I, I like to think that their journeys have changed us for the better, you know, and that part of their journeys, you know, change us for the better. And then it's a ripple effect of how the Lord wants us to work in others' lives. I appreciate you sharing that. That's just an amazing, an amazing dream. Let's talk about the Embraced Project. Yeah. So professionally, I've been a commercial photographer my entire life. Um, Most of the time it's been spent serving the advertising agencies and their Fortune 1000 clients. I produce um, outdoor projects primarily, the campaigns for various outdoor clients uh, in the U.S. and internationally. And in November of 2014, I changed the company name to uh, Sam in a Can because I was expanding more and more into the world of filmmaking and I wanted a name that reflected that. Um, Sam has in Samuel the Prophet, not just my son, and brought truth and value to the nations. And so I wanted something that would reflect that. And shortly after I changed the name, I was awarded a grant to produce a documentary on the history of ice racing here in Minnesota. Um, So cars that race around on frozen lakes. And we featured a story, a little abbreviated face story of the club president who had gotten in trouble with the law. And ice racing was really his pathway away from the street racing life and we featured a little bit of that but the uh, the grant was for the history of ice racing and so we had to weave the importance of the history into a little bit of his his faith journey but it really um it was a lot of fun and it really was the catalyst for me starting to look at other films and how to and so i've got a number of films i'd like to produce now whole catalog of them uh, that I've written out into various forms. But currently my passion's FASD. And I've put all the other stories on hold until this is done. Um, so that segue with our son and the story, really, I just felt like I was catapulted into FASD with this after our son's diagnosis. Um, And, you know, God did make our family through a very unique way, but the road hasn't been that easy, especially when we had no idea what we were or we were managing, how to parent our son. Yeah. So, but after that, it just really um, became a passion. How do we help this little kiddo and how do we parent different, which led to hundreds of conversations, if you will, with professionals and all of our talk therapy that we had him in and all of the different approaches just kind of went out the door and we started learning all sorts of things. Um, And so it's really his diagnosis that launched us into this issue. And I just said, you know, how can I make a difference with my background for this issue? And so those two have been married and here I am in the community and our families in the community. And so there you go. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And again, when I heard that there were two films in the works about FASD as a mom, 
of a of a son who's 18 and has an FASD. I'm so thankful because again, we're sharing the stories and we're creating the projects that we wish we had had 10 years ago or earlier. So I think this is so important. Let's just talk about the importance of this film for you. Of course, you have the personal relationship. You know, you, you are a dad of a son with an FASD. What are some other factors that you feel are so important for making this film? Absolutely. It's there. There's a number of reasons. Um, but to going back to Justin and his film, he and his wife, we've had a conversation and they're doing something a little bit different, uh, which I think is really important. They're, they don't have the lived experience. His wife being a researcher has a different perspective. And I think that's really important for that. But to tie that together with more than one film, I've also been involved for a number of years with the issue of human trafficking. And back in 2005, 2006, nobody knew much about this. It had been going on for a long time. And then all of a sudden there was a number of people working on this issue or on the issue of human trafficking. And I feel a little bit, uh, as it's similar that a number of independent folks are starting to step up and all of a sudden we know all about human trafficking because a number of people started addressing it. So I think that's important. Uh, and then in terms of the spiritual perspective for me with this faith journey and just understanding the bigger picture of why I'm in the circle, I think that's important. Uh, I think it's also important that our faith communities start to embrace mental health um you know mental health in general has been misunderstood um but it seems to be more pronounced in the faith community for not being understood and it can be a very lonely place to balance wanting god to intervene how medicine fix into the uh, fit into the picture how our children's behaviors aren't matching um our family values along with just the practical side of us self-isolating to not go places because we know our son's potential behaviors uh, may not fit being around young kids, that sort of thing. So these behaviors also just really have the potential to rip a marriage apart. And so I think it's important to know that it's not behaviors, it's a brain injury and you need to really have the faith community come alongside that. Um, and that's really lacking. Um, and so I think that's really important. And so there you go. Um, I can keep going. You want me no, to keep going here? <laughs> I agree a hundred percent. You're, you're just hitting so many points that I've personally experienced in, in hearing, interviewing other guests they have mentioned too. There is such a misconception and such a misunderstanding of mental health, of brain-based diagnoses, especially in, in the church. I remember being in a Bible study once and there were other moms of teens with, with very special needs. And we talked about, we, um, we called ourselves the ones who sit in the back of the church because we're usually the last ones in and the first ones out because you know, for example, our son worship music is too loud for him. And there are so many things about the church experience that 
sensory wise we've learned. And again, we thought for so many years, it was a behavioral thing. But when you learn the science behind the, the disorder, when you learn exactly that this is not behavior, this is his brain not being able to to tolerate this at this moment. So we made accommodations, you know, we would come in as soon as worship music ended and then we would leave as soon as it began, you know, at the, at the end of, of the pastor's teaching and we would divide and conquer. So our, our husband, my husband and our daughter would, would go in, you know, and of course this is all pre COVID, you know, would go in ahead of time. And, and usually it was my son and I who would be the last in and the first to leave. But if you think about that too, I, I liken, you know, I think about how the church, we really need to see our children the way the Lord sees our children, you know, and how he made them different. He made them wonderfully created and how it's, I think it's our mission to share with the community, especially with the church community that yes, we need to support their needs, but let's focus on their gifts. You know, I, I consider myself to be blessed that the Lord gave us our son and he has these amazing gifts in him that I am blessed to, to help him discover, you know, and so often you said the focus is on the misunderstanding, the, you know, oh, these are behaviors versus, okay, these are symptoms. How do we meet them where they're at? How do we accommodate? Like you said, we parent differently. And then how can we share with the world the, the way God sees our children, which is amazing, different, which is wonderful, you know? So I feel like it's a blessing, you know? And it took me a long time to get to this point. The brokenness on this journey, it broke me. But then again, like I, I shared with you before we started recording, it transformed me, you know, and, and I, it's none of it is me. I, I give it all to the Lord. It, it is, I am a vessel and I was a broken vessel for many years. And now I considered to be a, a vessel that's filled with his life. So I just, like I said, there is a reason that I wanted you to, to, to be on the show now, because what you're doing is, is so powerful. Well, thanks. Neat. The, uh... You know, another just practical side of the importance of this is the awareness. Yes. Uh, you know, when I talk to probably hundreds of folks by now and they're asking what they're what you're up to, I'm kind of a social butterfly. And so I have a lot of conversations. And when I mention, well, I'm working on a project about FASD, they just kind of what, and I, I do that on purpose. And they look at me like a deer in headlights, it's just, what? And that was me. So, you know, in a informal survey, so to speak, people don't know about this issue. And when I circled back around on LinkedIn to our son's play therapist and mentioned that Sam had FASD, she goes, oh, I need to look into that. And we had Sam there when he was three. Um, and so it would have been great to have had that professional understand this issue and been able to help us find the interventions he needed so much earlier. So um, that holistically going back to the conversation of Christians, you know, when you read the scriptures, Christ was pretty deliberate about going to 
people that weren't so lovely, so to speak. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that, you know, the least of what the least of these, which, you know, he did, he, he went to the people who had disabilities. He went to the people that had, you know, what we would consider mental health issues. He went to the people that nobody went to. And he went to them because they were important. Yes. Yes. And that's why, again, that's why I'm, I'm having goosebumps as I'm talking with you. And that's why I feel like this is so important because when you understand what gifts are inside our children, then not only do you want to share awareness about, okay, how do we support them? How do we parent them differently? But you also want to share that. And this is why my husband and I started FASD Hope, that with FASD, you never hear hope. You hardly ever hear the words hope. You hear the negative, the, the tertiary characteristics. You hear the things that, you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, um, the, the, dark places. And we, yes, those are part of the journey, but they're not the whole journey. And there is hope in this journey. And that someone like you or or my husband and I, or the many guests that we've had on this show, that we can talk about we're on this road and we're walking alongside you and you're not alone. And there's hope in this journey. But yes, if you think about the ministry of Christ, he went to all of those people that he, he was rebu- rebuked by the Pharisees or, you know, people couldn't understand, even his own apostles couldn't understand why he was going to, you know, what was considered the least of these. I'm gaining so much by this conversation and we're not even on the third question yet. (laughs) So let's talk about, let's talk about, you said you've interviewed, you know, hundreds of people. Let's talk about where are you now in this project with, in terms of interviewing its creation, that sort of thing. Let's get into the embraced project. So three and a half years ago, when Sam was diagnosed, I just got busy asking around, including the nonprofit that did the assessment. And they put me in touch with Dr. Walsnick and a researcher here at the University of Minnesota uh, on this issue. And Dr. Jones, who is the co-discoverer of that. And I had an opportunity to talk with him And in that conversation, I had mentioned I had reached out to Dr. Jones uh, when I had talked to uh, Dr. Walsnick. And he said, oh, well, he'll be here in a couple of weeks. And it was right after Sam's diagnosis. And so I had an opportunity to talk with him. And he pointed me in the right direction and has actually endorsed our project. Um, He had mentioned that the issue of prevalence and just has really dominated them as the research doctors, et cetera. And they've neglected the stigma and the awareness. And so that was really awesome, but it really took me about a year to sort through and research the information that it was going to be, what was this film going to look like? And how do I put a fence around? This is really unbelievable amount of information and I'm not a researcher but I just kept digging and digging and digging so after all of that research um, I've landed on this is going to be a feature film uh, a feature link documentary and the story arc will cover family classroom criminal justice mixed with the controversy and the neuroscience and then we'll finish with stories of hope and success Uh, 
Um, and so those interviews will follow that format uh, and with people who have both lived experience and the professionals. And then I want to tag on at the end a pre-recorded discussion panel since FASD is so sorely missing the awareness, it just makes sense people are going to have questions. And so let's do a pre-recorded discussion panel with people who are researchers and maybe some influencers so that we can get some attention on this issue and put together some thoughtful questions and answers around this issue. And so that all took about a year to figure out. And then I got busy and I started interviewing and it was primarily local uh, interviews with the high-end camera. And then I have recently shifted to using Zoom because I really want to build the story as little three little mini movies within the documentary around the family, the classroom and criminal justice, and then lay the interviews on top of those. So in a documentary, you generally go out and do your interviews, you build your script, and then you lay down what is called B-roll, the interesting visuals that go with that. I want to flip this. I want to produce three little mini movies that really drive home the, a scripted story about this issue and then put the interviews on top of that. And, and use those stories as the vis creative visuals uh, for that. So that's where we're at. And so Zoom allows me to travel the world and build the story without having to spend the money, et cetera. The, the quality of Zoom won't make it into the film, but we'll be able to start to build the scripts. Yeah. That's fantastic and exciting. I love hearing the format of that because it's, it's so different and you're really getting so many different perspectives that people need to hear and really focusing on the prevalence, which again, a, a conservative estimate from the 2018 study with Dr. Philip May at UNC, one in 20. Again, I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think there's just so much. And, and I'm really appreciative that your film and this project will be digging deeper into it because we need, we need that. What is um, your projected timeline down the road? We're talking about, you know, next year, 2021. When do you hope to have this released or maybe ready to be seen or previewed or whatnot? Well, the status of the film really, uh, along with the Zoom interviews, my focus, my day in, day out uh, activity is really fundraising. Um, I need funds to be able to do this. I don't have the funds to do that. So, uh, to project a time, um, I was hoping we could have gotten started this fall, but COVID has um, interfered with that, and that's part of why I went to Zoom. But it um, it may take another six months or so for the funding to come in. I hope it comes sooner, but, you know, and then how do you figure out travel and all of those kinds of things? But uh, I'm not terribly worried at this point. Um, about all of that yet because I'd like to get the script in place and then I know how to go out and interview and spend the money yeah and if I'm continue in the fundraising process and that's where I'm at I'm making headway you know I've got a pretty extensive excel sheet that I work from <laughs> and it takes a while if I'm looking at a foundation or a celebrity or you know a personal 
connection with something I spend anywhere from an hour to a day. Uh, why would they want to connect and f- to form a simple letter, right. <laughs> you know, and make those connections and begin those conversations. And so it's a slower process. I need a team and Jody Culp, who's been around yes. this, she's this amazing. world for, a, she is. And so those that don't know her, she's just been a champion for this issue for a number of years as yeah. a speaker, and, and, um, but she's not always available. Right. Um, she's volunteering for the most part. Yeah. And so I need other volunteers to conquer and divide. Um, and so in the meantime, it's me on the phone contacting a manager or writing a letter. And, you know, as we all know, it, some days are very interrupted. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's, that, that's just as important. And that's another reason why I wanted you to be on the show now because we want to help with the awareness so that people can donate. And at the end of our conversation, um, you know, we're going to have uh, an opportunity for you to share, you know, your contact information. So if you're listening out there and you want to help get this film going and to the people, not only spread the word and discuss it, but donate, make a donation. Or if you have time, if you're home and you want to help, this is one of the reasons why I feel like the Lord has put in my heart to have Joel on the show so so soon so that we can be a resource in that helping just like we did for you know the FASD project and sharing awareness and how people can get in touch with them we want to do the same for you because again this is such an important film and this is such an important ministry i think you're on you know i really feel like this is a calling for you and I want to, you know, my husband and I and FASD Hope want, want to help in whatever way we can. At the end of this amazing conversation, we're going to share, we're going to have Joel share how you can donate or how you can be in touch and, and how you can be involved with the Embraced Project. We talked a little bit about the status. It sounds like the audience for this film can be just about anybody. Can we can we talk a little bit about just the audience and for somebody who's watching this film, the, you know, the biggest takeaway that you want for them to have. Sure. The, uh, the target audience is really the impassioned FASD community. You need to start with the ripple effect. Who is impassioned about this issue? And so it's families like us in that we're going to grab our circle of friends and family and we're going to drag them into the theaters or online or however we end up uh, being able to watch the film. But really it's, and then long-term, I plan to have some uh, shorter segments that can make their way into more of a grassroots format to the PTA that folks will be able to take a 20 minute, a 10 minute little clip, maybe some longer ones. I'm sure they will be uh, various links that we'll, we'll cut for their different applications, but really just to continue to spread. You know, so many of us are so impassioned, and this will be a way for somebody to say, Hey, I can speak at the PTA group or the Lions Club or those kinds of things. And so that would be great for the film to be able to travel beyond its release. But the way that 
I'd like to release it when we come back around to normalcy um, or a semblance of it, and it's probably going to be a hybrid, is really to collaborate with the nonprofits around the country uh, for their audience to come and to find a sponsor to cover the cost of the theater rentals. We release the film on the same night, and so we can all light up the social media channels together and uh, have a unified event, if you will. So in that context, really this film from the beginning has been uh, a vision to be by, with, and for the FASD community. And if we can do that together, and how do I include somebody that, like my son, to be part of the production or help cut the music or... So it can go on and on with the list and we'll figure all of that out, uh, that actual production side of it. But in terms of the theater to release and the PTA piece, it's by, with, and for the community. And so that's my vision. Um, we just really need to, you know, and here it is three times the prevalence of autism and nobody knows about it. And it was a concerted effort of parents back in the day that really did something together. And that's why we have the interventions that we do for autism and funding and where I think the other part of the question is, um, what do I hope to achieve out of this? And really, I think it sparks, I, I would like this to be a national awareness that really sparks conversation and we can see transformation. And we can see change in our communities for funding, for wraparound services, for ongoing awareness and unify a grassroots movement, if you will. And it sounds like too, that this film will have a wonderful effect of not only reaching a, a broad audience, but that you'll have almost like digestible chunks of the film that can be used for families to present at PTAs or to, to community organizations or things like that. So it sounds like there, there's this nice, not only is it a film that will reach many, that's our hope, that's our prayer, but also that, you know, there'll be parts that you can provide for people they're speaking to, you know, raise funds or raise awareness or educate, you know, the educators or, or whatnot. So it sounds like there are, are different levels of things that this film will achieve. I'm just so thankful and happy to hear that. Well, um, thanks. You know, it, it, the film needs to get done first <laughs> and, th and then we can cut it into smaller right. segments, et cetera. But, you know, I'm, there's a big vision behind it, but really the first step is to get funded and to produce the film. And, and that's the focus. And that's why we're having you again, because we want to get the word out. We want people to know that this is happening and how they can help, how they can contribute, how they can be part of it. And th this is important. And before we wrap up our conversation, I will definitely have you back on, you know, in a few months so you can give us an update and you can, you know, let us more about the progress of, of this, because again, this is so important. This is important to our community. This is important for everybody to know about. I like to end our conversations on what I call a hope takeaway. You and I are both parents of sons who are about the same age with an FASD. And again, the, the similarities in our journeys, um, I don't believe in co coincidence. I don't at all. I believe in divine orchestration. And I believe that there's a reason we're connecting and that 
we are sharing our journeys. Let's talk to the people out there who are having a lot of difficulty in their journey. Like we were, and like we, you know, we, we sometimes continue to have, let's talk to those parents. Let's talk to those caregivers, those loved ones. What words of hope can you give to them? What can you share with them? Well, not to give up. Our kids are so valuable. And it's, I've got to catch my, uh, I'm just so passionate about that. And I'm, I'm going to cry. <laughs> we just can't give up on our kids. You know, it's taught me to slow down. Uh, it's, and to take the day at a different pace. And our son loves us and wants to spend time with us because we might supposed to be doing school but his brain can't keep up with the energy of that day so we go fishing and I'm in a place where I get a little frustrated in the back of my mind I really want to make some calls and do some research or whatever but the reality is he's more valuable than this film and it's in the phone or it's in the car that we have a conversation about phone use and his internet use, et cetera, et cetera. And when I've discovered that if we can, if we can uh, um, focus on what he's highly interested in and spend activity around that, those are the teachable moments. And so just slow down and spend time because these kids have so much potential and we just have come at it a different way to get to there. So that's the takeaway that we've had. This is a journey uh, as a family. It's in those moments going back to the personal time is just really, this is a journey that we really need to slow down and spend time with our kiddos. Um, that's been a huge adjustment um, for how I parent and how I spend my day. And I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I've learned, I've learned to love it. I should say. <laughs> yes. 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 I agree a hundred percent. Such wonderful words of hope, Joel. And before we end, I would love for people to get in touch with you. I will be putting all of this information on our program notes, but Joel, if you can share with us, if people want to donate, if people will just want to learn more your uh, web address or anything like that, please share away. Sure. Thanks for asking. Um, so if people are so led to contribute to this project, they can visit the website. And the website is embracedmovement.org and front and center is a donation button. Again, that is embraced, E-M-B-R-A-C-E-D, uh, as in a hug. I love my child. Embracedmovement.org. Um, and then if you want to get in touch with me, you want to be a volunteer or be interviewed with zoom you scroll clear down to the bottom in the footer and there's a contact link just it'll take you to a form fill that out hit submit and you'll be able to reach me that way wonderful and again we will have all of that information on our fasdhope.com website as well as in our program notes for today's show so joel shagrin thank you so much for being on fasd hope Thank you. This has been a joy. And it, uh, 
I, I hope this makes a difference for folks. You know, it's, there's so many things we need to learn on a personal side, as well as just public safety and criminal justice. The issue of uh, when I've started a nonprofit a number of years ago, and it was to address human trafficking and using my, my talents, my, my professional background. And when I came across the statistics that 25% of our children um, in prison, both men and women, verifiable facts, it's in that neighborhood, have FASD. What are they there for, right? And then it was the connection. Oh my goodness, there's gotta be a connection to human trafficking with this. And with our kids' social abilities or lack of social abilities, uh, the social dismaturity side of it and the vulnerability side of it, it was not hard to go down that road. And so it's just has, the awareness has so many layers to it, layer upon layer about its importance. But I feel privileged. I'm excited about the project. I'm excited to help my son and what he's going to end up with. Here he is 18 and he's in a work program that's related to school and he's loving that. What's that? What's, is he going to do music? Is he going to do all of it's exciting uh, and anticipating. And so I'm anticipating this film to make a difference, not because I'm doing it, but just it needs to happen. Absolutely. So, so thanks for having me on. We will be having you on again. Absolutely. We look forward to having updates and, and, and highlighting what you're doing. And um, we just, this, this gives me this interview and this discussion gives me hope as a mom and as a podcaster, because our mission is just, you know, to, to get the word out out there to show that our children, and I say children affectionately are, you know, our son is, is 18 and he doesn't like it when I use the word or kid or children, but, uh, but to get those, those, those gifts to share those gifts, you know, that, that are in our children that are in our sons and daughters. So um, again, Thank you for being on FASD Hope. One more time, I will be posting all of that information on our FASDHope.com website, as well as our program notes. Take care, everyone. Hang on to hope, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Vecchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com. Or please leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Podbean, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us next week. And remember, to be informed, take care, and always have hope.